the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Joe, thank you for having me. You're welcome. And that was better. That was better than last better time. Better than last week? I thought so. I, I think so. Now, the real uh, question is, is my, is the sound quality of my voice going to be better than last week? I, I, and you know what? I'm going to apologize. I don't think it was my fault, but I'm going to take the blame for it anyway. If uh, you didn't hear the uh, podcast last week, uh, Michael sounded like an alien uh, threatening to take over the world. That's sort of how – would you agree with that as, as far as how your sound went? That's about right. Yeah, Some one person said it sounded like I was uh, like inside a, like a RoboCop suit <laughs> with some kind of voice distortion thing going on. Uh, it was, it was kind of cool. Now, here's the thing. What do podcast listeners – I mean who have endured – so much through the years who have endured just the worst possible you know amount of this in their lives um what do you say to those people who actually listen to that all the way through with your um, voice like that I, I mean first you say thank you like yes genuinely thank you for putting up with our technological deficiencies <laughs> and i think you say We'll try to do better next time. Sure. And then you say, maybe find another podcast to listen to. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with you? I think yeah, somewhere I mean, in the way has like, to be. Like, I don't know. Like maybe, you know, there's lots of good like history podcasts and, <laughs> and uh, like political podcasts where you can learn things. And, like, right, right. Your understanding of the world in which we live and stuff. And maybe check one of those out. They have better equipment too. They, they have better equipment. They, they, the thing is they have definitely have better equipment. Uh, I was talking to a guy today and this is uh, – I'm telling you this for the first time and also uh, uh, our listeners. Uh, for those of you that, that know, Michael and I have, have talked about how when we do the 100th podcast, whichever – whenever we decide that will be the 100th podcast. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about doing it in a studio and I was actually talking to a guy today because he's a good friend of mine uh, who was saying – I've got the perfect place for you in L.A. Do the studio where where uh, Robbie and the band uh, did do their music, uh, and uh, and and uh, it's apparently right around the corner from his office. And he said I can get it set up for you. So I think that's I think the band. I think we're similar to to them. Similar in terms of cultural import, I would say yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, it would be nice once in three hundred and seventy or whatever we've done of these to have it sound good. <laughs> just, just once, just, just, once. So, yeah, just, just like. <laughs> we can't say it would improve the quality of anything else, but we would love just to one sound good. All right, we have a, uh, we have a new sponsor. Great, uh, yeah, we, I know it's exciting, and and I should say up front, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do what we did with with the, the poor Dollar Shave Club people. All they wanted was was our love. That's all they wanted. And uh, I didn't want that. They just wanted an accurate reading of their ad. <laughs> that's literally that's, they wanted like a contractual fulfillment and we didn't even give them that. We didn't give them that, but they kept coming back. It's I'm, you know what? At the end of the day, it's there. It's on them. It's not on us. It's on them. Um, so we have a whole new thing. So I'm just going to read it. That's it. I'm not, I'm not playing with this. Now if, I will say, if you have any questions, you know, feel free to ask. Uh, but I'm just going to read this. I'm new- your job is to read it, and my job, which I'm going to take seriously, is to just be quiet. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm just going to let you read. It. I'm not going to start talking. So go. All right. Let's see if we let's see if we can do this. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm just going to read this. Uh, our new sponsor is uh, is Indochino, and that that is how you pronounce him. Uh, Indochino.com. Indochino. Uh, and I'm going to just read this. I'm not I'm not adding or subtracting. I'm just reading this. Great. This week this week's podcast sponsor is Indochino one of the largest custom menwear lines that specializes in custom suits and shirts. 
They are making it easy for men to get great fitting, high-quality suits and shirts at an incredible price. Here's how it works. I, I don't know how much longer I can do this, but I'm going to I'm going to no, keep doing great. You're doing great. I'm doing good. Okay, good. Visit indochino.com or drop by one of their nine North American showrooms. Pick your customizations, everything from fabrics to lapels to pleats. Submit your measurements and in 4 weeks you'll have a fantastic custom suit. Short 4 weeks. I should I, they didn't have short 4 weeks, but I'm going to add that. Every Indochino purchase is backed by a fit promise, so if your order does not meet expectations, Indochino will make it right. And here's the best part for podcast listeners. It's always my favorite part. Yeah. You can get any premium Indochino suit, any, that's all capital letters, for just $389 at Indochino.com when entering podcast P-O-S-C-A-S-T, at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. They've got some great holiday deals right now on shirts and pants, plus shipping is free. So enter the podcast code P-O-S-C-A-S-T at checkout and get half off a premium suit. Can I say one thing? <laughs> uh, two things. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So I just went to their website. First of all, this is probably not unique to Indochino.com, but all of the dudes on their website are way better looking than I am. <laughs> factor of 30 maybe let's say 30 that's the first thing okay and then the second thing is uh i had this question as you were reading that because i'd never heard that before which was how in the world does anyone know their measurements for god's sake and uh they have a little uh, video that says how to measure yourself really watch this video yeah now clearly measuring yourself requires that you have one of those sort of floppy measuring tapey things right (laughs) i don't know how right does everyone have one of those? <laughs> well, we, there, it, somewhere in the house you have one. You have one. You don't even know you have one. I don't think you do. But uh, anyway, a, in case you were wondering as I was, how do you know your measurements? They've got a little video that shows you how to do it. So there you go. They've, they've yeah. thought of everything over there at Indochino.com, which is by far, by far my favorite online custom suit making <laughs> discount free shipping warehouse website. By far. I mean, it's by far. I, Close. The distance between Indochino.com and my next favorite <laughs> custom online suit manufacturing distribution yep. it's a massive gulf. It's, it's, it's not even close. Yeah. I'm looking at this thing now. You're right. I, we have no business doing ads for these people. Yeah. These, these, be super, I feel like you need to be pretty good looking to shop here. <laughs> some, of these, some of these guys are older than us, and they're well, still like, super good looking. Are you looking at the gray-haired guy with the long white beard? <laughs> yeah. What's that guy doing? I mean, God bless him. He looks great. He looks great. But he also looks a little bit like he's playing one of, like, Gandalf's advisors in The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking this one ad, the one thing where, first of all, all three of them are giving you that I am incredibly good-looking pose under new arrivals. So, yeah. by the way, please, please go to Indochino.com and play along with us here. Uh, as you go, that guy looks like Sting, right? I mean, look at him. He's kind of got like that Sting, like he's going to break into fields of gold, like right in the middle of this. The guy on the far right there? Yeah, yeah. Look at him. Yeah. Kind of just did. Some hands- and I like that right there, getting hitched right next door. So if you are getting married, if you're one of those people uh, getting married uh, who are listening to the podcast, right there, they've got a whole thing. Start planning. You just click on the button. Do you feel like you don't have to wear a suit usually for work, right? I, you know, I, I don't want to get into my own personal philosophy uh, on suits. Um, I don't, 
but I do wear suits. I wear suits all the time oh, when okay. I go to games. And well, there's a reason, and and I've I've talked about this. It's true. Uh, my parents um, are are they're both immigrants, and and they they both came uh, to to America just just a short time before I I I was born, and and came because of their great love for this country, and and uh, and desperately wanted to raise a, an American, and I they they raised me with the hope that I would have a job. So my dad worked in a factory, that I would have a job where I had to wear a suit. Like that was like what a success was. Like you'd be a lawyer, a doctor, a accountant, or whatever. But you wouldn't wear a suit when you went to, to work. Like that represented success. And then, of course, I'm a horrible failure in that way. So the least I can do is like I wear suits. Like I, I go to games and I wear suits. Yeah, no, it's like a personal thing uh, for me. Uh, so I'm very excited. Of it. They, they, they don't have an aisle for that for me, and they should. They really should. I mean, this I, I love you, Indochino. You you are you are definitely uh, the best custom menswear thing I know. Um, but there should be one fat guy on here, right? Like one guy like me. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it would be nice. Uh, it would be nice, but I, I have to say that the the problem I have with suits is that I always I don't have to wear them very often. When I do, I just I can't escape feeling like a kid who's playing dress up. Like I just I just don't feel comfortable. Like it feels very weird. I feel like I'm like I feel like everyone's looking at me and going, "Who's that nine year old who decided to wear a suit today?" That's how I feel inside. So I just don't do it very often because it feels. I do it like at weddings. I go if I go to a wedding, I wear a suit, and that's about it. I'm just going to tell you this, and I'm not just saying this as a friend. I'm, I'm telling you this because I really. You can pull off a suit. So like, How like for me, like me wearing. Like for me, like there's a great Alex Karras line where Alex Karras said that he would go places with Frank Gifford, and when he'd go places, he'd be wearing a suit and he looked like he was like a dump, you know. Uh, and 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 uh, Gifford would be wearing a t-shirt and he looked like he was in a tuxedo. So you know, it's the way it works. I, I'm definitely I can't pull off the suit. I wear them, but I can't pull them off. You could pull off a suit, my friend. Well, uh, thank you. That's very kind, and it's definitely the kind of thing that people probably are hoping we'll t- be talking about during our our podcast. But we I couldn't do it. I, I mean, I was I I made it through the ad, and you wouldn't allow it. You would not allow it just to be just like let now. Go. Here's another interesting thing at the top of the Indochino.com website. At the very top, on the far left, there's a, a very handsome gentleman. Who's wearing a sort of light gray suit? Yeah, no, kind, of, kind of a kind of a Johnny Damon esque haircut there. Yeah, he's a little Johnny Damony. Yeah, and uh, and he's sort of staring off into the middle distance, right? Uh, as all handsome men do in photographs, <laughs> and he's not wearing a belt. It looks like now. You I don't... feel like I, I, I feel like I, you got to wear a belt when you wear a suit. Am I crazy? No, you you know what? You're you're 100 percent right. He. I mean, look, that guy can pull off anything. Why is why yeah, is that top yeah. button? Why is that top button buttoned like that? That's ridiculous. Because why? He looks like a Johnny Damon. He's a handsome gentleman <laughs> who does his own thing. And and when handsome gentlemen do that kind of thing, everybody else goes, "Well, I guess that's how you do it." Because look how handsome that guy is. Okay, look at those four people in that top. And by the way, if if you haven't gone to Indochino.com to follow along, you're missing everything. Uh, <laughs> Those four people, there's no chance those four people are friends. Look at those four people. None of yeah, them know right. that guy on the far right. That guy, just no. he, he just showed up. They don't know. It looks like the two guys in the middle are buddies. They're buddies. They're, they're buddies. Similar. They're wearing basically the same suit, and they and the, the guy second from the left is, like, looking over at the, at the third guy from the left's 
bag as if to say like, oh, good, you remembered that thing that I asked you to bring. Or but the guy on the far left is in another, he's in another ad. And the guy right. on the far right is like, uh, he escaped from a, an insane asylum. And he, he took off his, his white uh, straitjacket and put on a suit. And now he's walk, just walking around the city just like uh, hoping no one notices that he's an escaped mental patient. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, those, we've ruined another company. Why do we do this? Yeah, so Indochino, um, so what did they do? Well, they just completely mocked our ad and they called one of our guys out of a mental asylum. <laughs> what, what is wrong with us? It's like a sickness. It's like a sickness for us. Look, man, here's the thing. This is what I'll say. We We've just been doing this dumb podcast for, like, years now. We didn't right. ask for sponsorship. No, we right? didn't. No, we, we did not. They, they, they came to us, and I feel like at a certain level, like you said, this is a scorpion and the frog kind of a deal here, man. Like, <laughs> you got to know that there's no way we're just going to read that ad copy and just move on. It's not going to happen. So That's take it or leave it. Yeah, you know what? They're going to leave it. And, and, look, I don't I don't blame them, you know. I mean, but, but you know, hey – None of this is to diminish the quality of Indochino. As far as we know, top quality. Top absolutely quality. quality. To the extent of our knowledge of their product, it, it is the highest possible quality. There you go. There you go. All right. We're moving on. We are. We are moving on. And we are discussing our full argument this week is going to be baseball awards. Uh, they're coming up. Uh, which, by the way... Maybe I'm completely misremembering this, and that's not a word. Didn't they always have the awards the week after the World Series? When when do we have to start waiting two weeks? Am I wrong about this, or maybe maybe this has always been this way? But no, I I remember there being a gap. I don't know how long it was, but I remember being like they they used to sort of draw it out because they were. I feel like they're trying to like make baseball stay relevant longer and longer and longer in the year now, and so. But I don't. You might be right. I don't remember honestly. Maybe not. I, when did they start doing this thing where they announced the three finalists? When did they start? Well, doing no, that, that is new. That is new. That's only in the last two or three years that they've started doing yeah. that. And uh, and we're going to talk about finalists because I think they're. You know, I've already gotten many many people complaining about the finalists and then other people that did not get in. And I got to say, I'm not sure I like it. I don't. I don't know. That, I mean, I get you know the top three vote getters, and that way they're all there, and there's I guess some sort of tension, although not really. But just leave it open. Like, anybody could win, you know? I mean, did, I, don't, I don't see – I don't know. I mean, I guess it's better TV this way. So, all right, so let's talk about uh, some basic things. Let's start with the Rookie of the Year Award uh, because we talked about this last time, and I don't think we really got into it quite as, as much as, as we could have, uh, which is amazing for us. What a great time for, for young baseball players right now, right? It, I mean, it is, it is the time of our lifetime for the talent – that you see around baseball for people 25, 26 and under. Yeah, it's, I mean, unprecedentedly great, yeah. right? It's like there, there's no, um, I, I can't remember a time when there were more amazing people, uh, like more amazing young talent at the same time. Again, all under, we, we talked about this last week right. when I was an alien, but like all under... 25 or 26 it feels like the entire league is under 25 or 26 it's remarkable it's really do you, i is there is this historically unprecedented as far as you know do you remember yeah, it? no i, I think it's historically unprecedented i really do i and i 
because I remember, I mean, everybody remembers, uh, uh, people of our age, remember the, the, late, the late 90s, you had sort of that incredible run with three shortstops, right? Where you had, where you had Nomar, and you had Jeter, and you had A-Rod, all at the same time. And that felt unprecedented, and, and in many ways probably was. I mean, you probably have... You have two legitimate Hall of Famers. One might, you know, I don't know what the voting for A-Rod's going to be. Although A-Rod does seem to be doing an amazing job of sort of healing himself with this, with the way he's, you know, is in the postseason announcing. Everybody loves A-Rod again. It's it's weird. It's 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 cool. I like it. I I I think he's terrific. No, I think he's absolutely terrific. And I think, you know, the guys around him who are who are very you know, I mean, I think I've, I've had great times, you know, talking with Frank Thomas and and but no, none of those guys even come close, in my view, to being as incisive as A Rod is. I, I just think he's terrific, um, but people love him again, so it's it's really cool. Anyway, uh, so that was just for shortstops, and now you have this like for almost every position. It feels like you've got player. You know, I'm looking here this year. Okay, so just let's just go by basic numbers. Um, you know, 2.5 uh, war uh, is, you know, that's a good baseball player. It's not, it's not always a great baseball player, but that's a good baseball player. There were 31 players in baseball this year, 25 or younger, who had a a, uh, a 2.5 or better war, you know. And some yeah. of them are considerably younger than, than you know, than... Than twenty five. I mean, your 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 Addison Russells and your and your Corey Seegers and and uh, Mookie Betts and 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 so on and so on and so on. Lindor and these guys are twenty two, twenty three years old. Baez, it's it's an incredible yeah. time. It's a, it's an absolutely incredible time. And so that's really good for baseball. And it it's it doesn't look like it's going to play out that great for this year's Rookie of the Year because I think you know the National League it's obviously going to be Seeger, right? I mean, there's yeah. no. There's no other option. The other two uh, nominees are, are Kenta Maeda, who had a very good year for the Dodgers, and Trey Turner, who had a terrific sort of half season for the Nationals, right? I mean, I don't even know if, how many at-bats did Trey Turner even get. Um, but, man, he's going to be a big-time player. And then in the American League, you have kind of a weird thing. So, so I'm going to ask you who you would vote for. And you only have these three to choose from. So you have Gary Sanchez. I know you're the player you will love for the next 20 years. Uh, for the Yankees, uh, Michael Fulmer for the Tigers, who kind of had the best sort of overall season, and Tyler Naquin for the Indians, who I, I got to admit, that's sort of a, I mean, Tyler Naquin's a perfectly fine player, but I mean, he he doesn't really seem to fit in this thing. Who of those three would you vote for? It's really hard uh, because it's two extremely different. The vote for me is between Sanchez and Fulmer, uh, right? And San, it's like Sanchez had 20 home runs in 53 games. I mean, the 60 home run pace as a rookie. It really is remarkable. Um, And it's hard not to vote for that kind of, like, outrageous explosion onto the scene. But he played in 53 games, you know? And and then your other option is a starter who, who was, who, you know, pitched a lot of innings. He pitched 160 innings. And he had a, and he had a 135 ERA plus, and he had a 1.12 WHIP, and you know he. It's not like he was. Uh, he's not like a legitimate Cy Young candidate, really. He's not like a legitimate um, ace or something. 
but to, it's like what do you, you're saying, like, what's a more impressive feat? Being a 23-year-old rookie starter who throws 160 innings, strikes out 132 guys, has a, you know, far better than league average ERA. Uh, he, you know, like holds people to a, a, a 1.12 whip ain't nothing to sneeze at, man. That's like a... That's a no, real good. No, that's, that's a real good number. Good so I, it's. I think. I feel like Sanchez is going to win it just because what he did was so reported on and kind of so incredible and so unprecedented, and it just kept going. Like you know, he. We talked about this all year in the Yankee minute. It was like this. When is this going to stop? Like it just never seemed like it was going to stop ever. And now the Yankees are talking about shopping Brian McCann because they can because they don't need they don't need anybody else to play catcher for them for the next twenty years. So I I feel like the answer really in terms of who added more value to the team is Fulmer, but I think Sanchez is going to win it. I think I would vote Fulmer Fulmer just because his contribution was over a longer period of time, and starting pitchers are more valuable even than good hitting catchers. Really, although it's close. But I feel like I would vote Fulmer, but when Sanchez wins it, I don't think it's – I think that's a perfectly legitimate vote. Yeah. Well, it's it, – I am actually bound by my duties as a BBWAA member to not reveal oh. who I voted for because I actually voted for Rookie of the Year this year. So I was very interested to hear your thing because I, it was exactly that argument. I am I am going to concede I did not vote for Tyler Naquin, but, but it was incredibly difficult for me – to make the decision between those two guys for exactly the reason that you said. And I still don't know if I did the right thing, but but I think it's 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 that it's that question. The impact Sanchez had not just on the Yankees but on baseball was enormous. Just enormous. And it was only fifty three games, but you know, this was this felt like almost the turning of a of the of the page. Like it was like old Yankees gone, new Yankees in kind of thing. Um but Fulmer was good all year, so I mean it's it, it's a it's a tough one. So that's that's a good one to watch. That's a good race to watch. All right, let's go to the Cy Young Awards, uh, and let's start in the National League uh, because I think it's uh, I think it's interesting. Obviously, you have Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs and John Lester of the Cubs. All right, so you basically have, and it's probably going to come down to one of those two. I mean, Max Scherzer uh, of the Nationals certainly uh, will have his support and and might. They, those, the Cubs might split the vote, and he might get in there. Um, but it seems to me like it's going to come down to Hendricks and Lester. Uh, so what do you what do you do? What do you do when it comes down to Hendricks and Lester? Well, I feel like Lester wins it, um, and it has way more to do with narrative than with anything else. It's John Lester was the last major piece of the puzzle that Theo put together when he was when they when when they decided to really go for it. He was the guy where they signed him as a free agent, and it was the the idea was like this is the guy that you pitch in the World Series when you get there because of his postseason record. This is the this is your ace. They they went and got an ace. The funny thing is they already had one, <laughs> but they got an they got another one in the game. <laughs> already had an enormous contract, and he you know despite his odd kind of yips of throwing to first, and despite a, a little bit of a rough start in his first year in Chicago. The end of the day, he threw 200 innings this year. He struck out 200 guys. He had a 2.44 ERA. Uh, it's you know Hendricks pitched a, a you know 12 fewer innings, had 30 fewer strikeouts. His ERA was actually lower. He was he was a better pitcher at home. But I feel like the re, like I don't think people will be able to resist giving the 
the it's one of those like he's our horse stories, right? It's like he this is the guy we went out and got him to win a World Series, and then you know when people voted, obviously they didn't know the result, but it felt it just feels like that's the it's like the story of John Lester is probably what gets him over the top. I think Hendricks is probably on balance a slightly better pitcher over the course of the year. Uh, but Lester has the name recognition. He was the high-priced free agent. The funny thing is, like you said, Scherzer's probably had a better year than both of them. Not not right. definitely, right. but probably. He struck out almost 100 more guys than Lester did. And, he and you know, whatever. If you care about wins, he won 20 games. Lester won 19. I don't really care. Uh, his ERA was half a run higher. But, he, you know, in terms of, like, dominance over the league, nobody was more dominant than Scherzer as it, just a, in terms of pitching. But I feel like it's going to be Lester's year. Well, one thing that's very interesting is, you know, and we, you and I have talked about war quite a bit, wins above replacement. Uh, it, it, is, it is unquestionably a controversial, uh, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, you know, basically because there is a very different uh, formula for war uh, when it comes to the way Fangraphs.com does it versus the way BaseballReference.com works it. Uh, but war has been... Very influential, in my opinion, especially in the last three, four, five years, uh, in the awards and in in war, it's it is it is a clear Scherzer yeah. victory. I mean, it's funny because Noah Syndergaard actually had the highest WAR by FanGraphs uh, version, which basically only counts strikeouts, walks, and home runs. That's essentially what it looks at uh, when it comes to WAR. Um, but but in generally. Uh, no matter how you really break down sort of the advanced numbers, Scherzer really did have the better year. And I'd be very interested to see. I mean, I said at the beginning I didn't think Scherzer was going to win because of that Cubs narrative thing. Um, but, you know, Ward could be a big player in this. I mean, they, that's something that is, you know, people look at. You know, especially young writers uh, look at that pretty closely and so maybe Scherzer wins. I mean, it's I, I don't I don't think that's at all out of the question. It's possible, yeah. I, I just feel like the Cubs story was so dominant. Yeah, I think all that's year. what I it's think. It's hard to imagine people voting for a non-Cub, um, even even when you're looking at like what you consider to be advanced statistics or whatever. I just it just feels like boy, it feels like Brian wins the MVP and Lester wins the Cy Young and Joe Madden's going to win Manager of the Year. It, I. It just feels like it feels like when one of those years where like Titanic just sweeps the Oscars, you know, or Lord of the Rings or something. It's like it just feels like that, and and it, it's going to be hard for people to get around the idea that that a non-cub should win one of these major awards. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, do you believe? I mean, there there is there is a a pretty uh, passionate group of people out there that believe Syndergaard, uh, who did lead the National League in WAR by FanGraphs. Uh, was not included, and Johnny Cueto, who both had good years, uh, was not included uh, in the final three. You, you buy it? I mean, you know, you want to you want to throw those two guys in there. Sure, it does, it won't matter. Neither of those guys is beat. Well, 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 that's what I wondered. That's I mean, it's like look, the, the, nobody just because you didn't make the finalists doesn't mean that you didn't get any votes or that people didn't think you had a great yeah. year. You just aren't one of the yeah, three, I mean, I, so you don't think no, either of them belong. In I don't think there's really an argument for Cueto over Lester he pitched 17 more innings he gave up 13 more runs he had one more strikeout you know his ERA was a little bit higher it's basically the same the same guy had slightly worse slightly more runs given up uh you know Syndergaard is going to win about seven of these things over the next 10 years so it doesn't really matter um I don't I mean again it's like anytime 
you know, people used to complain that there were only 64 teams that made the NCAA tournament. And then they added, like, right, they added two right. more or three more or four more or whatever it is in those play-in games. And now there's people who say, like, why is it only 68 teams? Why is it only <laughs> – like, whenever you – you know, with four teams in the college football playoff now, people are like, why isn't it eight? Why isn't it 16? It's just no matter where the cutoff is, somebody just missed the cutoff. And, you know, that's just – that's the deal. So I, I, I feel like Lester, Scherzer, Hendricks is as good a top three as you could get. Those – if you open it up to everybody, those would be the top three vote getters in all likelihood. So, what does it really matter? Well, they, they, they obviously are the top right. three vote getters, and, and yeah, so I think it would be it. So, all right, let's go to the American League, and uh, really kind of an interesting thing because everybody's got something going for them in this group. So you got Justin Verlander of the Tigers with, by the way, regardless of whether we we pick him or no pick him, or he gets a la- you know uh, gets the Cy Young. What a what a return yeah. for this guy, right? I mean, did, did anybody look more done, other than CC Sabathia, did anybody look more done than Justin Verlander? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a huge, right. huge bounce back. I mean, it, 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 it seemed like he was headed for, like, Tommy John surgery and then right. miss a year and then come back throwing, like, you know, 91 or something. 88. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had he led league strikeouts, 254 strikeouts. It's, a, you know, it's amazing. Phenomenal year. All right, Corey Kluber for Cleveland. Everybody knows uh, what he did in the postseason. None of that will count uh, toward his Cy Young possibilities. The voting went before the postseason began. And then your guy, I'll just call him your guy, Rick Porcello. Uh, and, and here's the thing. Okay, so Rick Porcello, and, and Rick Porcello might win, the Cy Young, might, might win it anyway. I mean, he, he might be your pick. But here's, here's what I will say very specifically about Rick Porcello. Um, he went 22-4. and four. Right, that was his his win loss was twenty two and four, and we don't we you and I have had many conversations. We don't believe in wins. We, Rick Porcello, any year before two thousand seven, probably or eight, automatic, automatic Cy Young twenty two and four done. Yeah. You don't even need to know anything else, yeah. right? It's just done. And now I think he probably you know my view, and I'll just say my view first. I think he will win it. Uh, and I think he has a very, I think he, I think he really does have the best case. I mean, I, in in many uh, un, under many circumstances. I mean, his his uh, you know he he also finished ahead of everybody else in uh, in Fangraphs War, which you know is is one way to look at things. Um, but twenty two and four, that would be it. End of the story, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, these three guys is their years are so similar. They're really similar. Kluber's whip. Kluber threw 215 oh, yes. innings with a 1.06 whip, which is obviously great. Porcello threw 223 innings with a 1.01 whip. Uh, Justin Verlander threw 227 innings with a 1.0 whip. I mean, it's oh sure. You know, if you went by that, if you went by that and strikeouts, you go, you give it to Verlander, right? He 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 had the lowest whip by a hundredth of a point over over Porcello, and he threw the most innings. And the the truth is, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a real difference between these guys. I really don't. Porcello had the fewest strikeouts, but he also, you know, threw 223 innings and had a re- and had a 1.01 whip. He didn't walk anybody. 32 walks the whole year. You know, Kluber had more strikeouts, but he had 57 walks, which is a significantly much larger number of walks. Like they all gave up between 22 and 30 home runs. Uh, Verlander actually gave up the most home runs. He also had 57 right, right, walks, by right. the way, although he had 254 strikeouts. 
gave up 30 home runs. He, you know, pitched the most innings of any of these three guys. But I mean, it's like, it's, this is literally, to me, this is flip a coin. I, I think weirdly, I mean, the thing about Porcello that's good uh, is that he, it, that was also a bounce back year. He, he, he was, his first year in Boston he was did. probably one of the main reasons that they fired their GM sure. and hired Dave Dombrowski because he'd been given this big extension uh, when he first showed up before he'd ever thrown a pitch for the Red Sox. He was given a very, very big extension that after year one looked like an albatross and after year two looks like an incredible bargain if he keeps pitching this way. So, I mean, that Verlander and Porcello both had massive bounce back years and and Kluber is just did what he always does, which is have a great season. So I, I honestly think yes. you could throw a dart at a dartboard here and, and be perfectly happy with wherever it landed. Um, I feel <laughs> like maybe Porcello will win it Weirdly, because he had 22 wins, I think if we might go old school on this one, and people might say he was 22 and four for a team that made the playoffs, and like in a tie-breaking vote, maybe that's what gives it to him. Well, I, I really do think that sort of it comes full circle. I mean, you know, I think at the end, at the end of the day, uh, if you look at three pitchers and they're all the same, there's a part of your brain, and this is this is something that that I talk about with baseball writers all the time. There's a part of your brain that no matter how many times somebody tells you and no matter how well you know or how deeply you believe that pitcher wins are just a just an extremely flawed way to look at a pitcher season 22 and 4 rings a bell, right? I mean there's just no way it's like having 125 RBIs. Somebody might have had a, a, a pretty miserable season, but he has 125 RBIs, you're like that rings a bell for me. I mean, that just there just is right. So, um, so I think I think twenty two and four does make the difference. I I personally uh, I think I would vote for Verlander. Um, super duper close, and and I'm not I'm not you know I don't even know that I can make the argument uh, against him. I, I or for anybody else. I just think he had the most strikeouts and the lowest whip, uh, and and I think his his year was just it was. It was really inspirational. I mean, not not to let the story uh, push the award, but it was an inspirational season. I think it's really, really close. I think I take him uh, just a notch. And and you know the the one the one we don't mention is Corey Kluber, who for the long run I'd probably want him more than any of those guys. I mean, I think Corey Kluber has been the best pitcher in the American League uh, for the last three or four years. I think he's been the second best pitcher in baseball for the last three or four years behind Kershaw. Um, but I would give it to Verlander. I think it will be Porcello. All right, last one. Let's go for the MVP awards. I don't even know if it's even worth talking about the National League because I, I think Chris Bryant's going to run away with it. Uh, but yeah. it is it is, um, it is compelling that Daniel Murphy uh, had a fantastic year after everybody kind of mocked the Nationals for giving him a decently big contract. Uh, based on a playoff appearance, you know what I mean? Because he, so, he was so good in the playoffs last year, and the Nationals uh, signed him, and it was sort of like, well, that was a weird, stupid signing. He doesn't have a position, this, that, and the other. And the guy had a massive season. And then rookie Corey Seager, I mean, I think in a, in a normal year, he could have pulled off the Fred Land, you know, where he wins them both, the rookie of the year and the MVP. So super interesting group, but Bryant runs, runs away with it, right? Yeah, I mean, again, the Cubs narrative is massive, but also he just deserves yeah, it. Yeah, like he, he deserves it. He had a wonderful season. It was very fitting that the final out of the Cubs World Series run ran through him. He was the 
guts of the team all year. Um, you know, I mean, the the crazy thing is, you know, you're you're not wrong about Corey Seager. If you look at Corey Seager's year, first of all, playing shortstop is yes. better than playing second or third. Uh, he scored 100 runs. He almost had 200 hits. He had 40 doubles. He set a, a Dodgers record for what it's worth for home runs by a shortstop. That's a franchise that's been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, he had a you know he had a 137 OPS plus. He, he I mean that team that team's problem all year was hitting. Yes. And he was the solution. I mean it was like if he doesn't if he doesn't get put in the middle of that lineup and do what he does that you know that team has a hard time making the playoffs and they made a pretty deep run in the playoffs. You know he and basically the left side of the Dodgers infield was 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 most of their offense. Adrian Gonzalez was the other. It was the other part of it, but boy, oh boy! I mean, uh, he's talk about guys who were overlooked, and because of this crazy youth run, this guy's a twenty-two-year-old shortstop. I, I mean, he, he he's a twenty-two-year-old shortstop. He there's every chance in the world that next year we're talking about. You know, we're talking about this is Corey Seager's league now. Like yeah. that, his his uh, his future it could not be brighter. But I, I I don't know how. I don't know how Chris Bryant doesn't win it. I think no, I, don't, I think he wins. It'll be Bryant. But your point about Seager is right. With, it, see, look, Chris Bryant's not much older than Corey Seager. I mean, so that's that's kind of the what is he twenty four? So you know, you're 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 dealing with a lot of you know, incredible young players. But you're one hundred percent right. Corey Seager is the guy, in my view, in that group who could, in the next two years, just basically supplant Mike Trout as the best player in baseball. I mean, he just, he's, yeah. that, he's the guy who could do it. Now, there are a lot of guys who could do it. Bryant could do it. And, and uh, you know, there are, there are new, Altuve could do it. There are a lot of guys around there who are young and who could do it. But you look at what Seager does as a shortstop, and, and, and being best player in baseball is also being perceived as the best player in baseball. So, you know, it's, it's sort of a, it's not fair, but that's the reality is like, it's not only, hey, is this person the best player? It's like, do people see that person as the best player and Seager? Has all of the you know charisma and Dodger thing and everything. I mean, it's it's an unlimited future, but it's going to be Chris Bryant's here. Right, let's go to the American League. Um, you have Mookie Betts, your guy. All of them are your guys if they're Red Sox. My guy, your guy, Mookie Betts, who is oh my gosh, I I can't begin to describe how much fun it is just for a non-Red Sox fan to watch Mookie Betts play. I, he's, he, I, I emailed you at one point during the season this, and you responded, Mookie Betts already has to be in your top five favorite players of all time. I mean, I don't know about all time, but they have so many. The Red Sox have so many good young yes. players, and it was hard to know where to look for a while in terms of, like, who's, 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 which one's my favorite, you know? <laughs> yeah, but this year, I mean... He's just like he's the reason that it's fun to watch yes. baseball. It's literally guys like him. There, it's like when you want when you have fun watching baseball, it's because you're watching a guy like Mookie Betts. Like, and, and it's everything about him. It's not just the way he plays or how good he plays, how well he plays. It's also the fact that he's like he's five nine or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's but he looks like he looks like um, it, it, it's like a it, there's a weird. I, this is a strange thing to say, but there's a weird sort of empathetic fantasy that you have when you see a guy like him play because he doesn't look like a super... He doesn't look like Chris Bryant. He doesn't look like Mike Trout. He doesn't... He's like a... It feels like... He makes you think you could go out on the field and do what what he's doing, you know? Like, he's like a normal-looking guy. He's of normal height and a normal weight, and then he goes out and just destroys the baseball. It just... It's... 
he hits the ball so hard. Wow. It's hard. It's like, and it's, I don't know what it is. A bat speed, quick wrists, whatever it is, just an, an, an impossible ability to square up the ball. His numbers were absolutely ridiculous. And he's a, you know, the, the thing that everybody forgets about him is he, he was a second baseman in the minors. Yeah. He was a second baseman. And they were like, well, you're great, but we have Dustin Pedroia there, and he's not going anywhere for a while, so go play center field. And he was like, all right. And then he became like one of the best, overnight became one of the best outfielders in baseball. And then they moved him to right field because right field at Fenway is famously, they think of it as like a second center field. Right. Like it ha- you have to, it's a mass, it's a weird area. You have to be able to cover a ton of ground. And now he's probably the best fielding right fielder in baseball, or at least one of them. Sure. And and he's never played that position before. It's absurd. You're not supposed to be able to do that. It's like it's like taking a great opera singer and say, "Hey, cook a meal for a, for a, at a, like a fancy dinner party," and then the guy cooks the best meal he was ever eaten. He, I mean, he scored 122 runs. He had 214 hits. He had 42 doubles, 31 homers, 113 RBI. He stole 26 bases and was caught four times. Oh yeah. He, I mean, he he has a 900 OPS. He. Led the league in total bases. He's 23 years old. He played a Gold Glove outfield. I, I mean, I, I you know, there. The the funny thing about this is, and we say this every single year, the most valuable player in the American League is Mike Trout. <laughs> Mike Trout should have won the MVP in every single year that he has been playing baseball. 2012 to the present, he he should be about to win his fifth consecutive MVP. Instead, he only has one. He's finished second three times. He's probably going to finish second again because his team is so terrible. But Mike Trout went out and did what he always does every year, which is beat. And and by the way, we haven't even talked about Altuve, who's a miracle of a human being, who led the league in hits and batting average, won the batting title. Like, he's an absurd miracle, this guy, who's, you know, talking about 5'9", he's 5'3". And, he's five six. Yeah, five yeah. one. Yeah, and he's twenty six years old, and he scored a hundred runs, and he did everything in the world that people could possibly do. But I feel like this year is. It, I feel like Mookie Betts is the story. I feel like he's going to win it. Yeah, I think it's going to be Betts too. I, I, I mean, there's no point in even in just reiterating exactly what you said. I think Betts is going to win, and it's it's a great choice. Look, my feeling on all these awards has always been this. Well, not always, but in recent years, has been this. Did that person have an MVP season? Then you can argue, okay, did somebody have a better year? That's fine. If somebody had a better year, they should win it. But it's no crime that this person wins the MVP if they had an MVP season. I think when it gets frustrating is when somebody does not have a legitimate MVP or Cy Young season, but they win it because of some false you know, statistic like wins or something that just kind of you know takes the narrative, so it takes them beyond. Mookie Betts had an MVP season, so I think Mike Trout, I would vote for Mike Trout, because I think Mike Trout's the best player, and I think the best player is the most valuable player, but all three of them had great years, and you know, you're, everything that you said about Mookie Betts, we should add, you could say double for Altuve. Altuve is, yeah. he's tiny. He's a little tiny baseball player who doesn't just hit, he smashes the ball. He had whatever, 69, 60, 71 extra base hits this year. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. You know what what this guy does. Uh, and he's, you know, he's a he's a very, very good second baseman. Uh, he can play short, you know, in a in a pinch. He he steals bases. He does everything. Uh, an incredible, incredible year. Also an MVP caliber season. All three of those guys had MVP seasons. Yeah. 
Um, there's no, I think Trout had the best. There's no wrong vote. There's there's no wrong no, vote. not this. It's sort of like the no. AL Cy Young. You know, you just you know, sweeten to taste basically. <laughs> pick your pick your pick your choice and go with it. Um, my son plays on a, a nine and under uh, Pony League baseball team, and they have a kid on their team named Brandon. And Brandon is probably I think he's the shortest kid on the team. And they played a team recently that was a year older than they were, and their catcher was like my height. Like there was like a, a ten year old who was like five uh, eleven, and the the one of the greatest uh, most hilarious moments of the season happened when Brandon was up and the catcher was standing at home plate waiting for <laughs> waiting for like the game to resume and the difference in height was absurd and I thought to myself what does this remind me of and I remembered seeing Altuve play the Yankees and seeing Brian McCann standing up <laughs> and next to, next to Jose Altuve and I was like oh yeah that's what it is it's that difference. Uh, it, it's he what I mean again like say exactly right it's like whatever you say about bets you say about him what a joy to watch what an incredible player for a while I think in the middle of the year I remember hearing that he had the like three of the five longest home runs in the league like you know like three <laughs> months into the season or something like he hits he doesn't just hit home runs he hits like 440 foot home runs I mean it's it's like he's he's incredible, and again, if you voted for Altuve, no, I would not tell you you're wrong. It's a, he, you're right. It's an MVP season. He won the batting title. He had 200 hits. He had 100 runs. Like that's what that again that that is what is so exciting about the league right now is there are it's not just like two or three of these guys. There's ten of these guys. There's 15, 20 of these guys that are all 26 or under who are just miracles. They just it's a, it's an, it's a, what they do is impossible and joyous and wonderful. It's a, big, it's a great time. All right, very, very quickly, our manager of the year awards. I'm just going to give you my two. They played in the World Series, so I'm going to pick Tara Francona for Cleveland over Buck Showalter and Jeff Bannister, uh, and I'm going to pick Joe Madden over uh, Dusty Baker and Dave Roberts. Um, you know, I, I got to say, and, and just as a little bonus, you know, all Dusty does is win. All Dusty Baker does is win in the regular season. All he does is lose in the postseason, but, but he... That national team was kind of a mess, and they had a horrendous manager. And they get Dusty Baker, and, you know, I think everybody was thinking what I was thinking, which is, oh, that's not going to make them. That's, that's only going to make things worse. I mean, Dusty's so stuck in his ways and this and that and the other. And, look, I don't know how much credit you give him. I don't think Dusty's a particularly good strategic manager. But something stabilized on that team. They won with Bryce Harper having a very, very subpar year with injuries galore. And they won, and they, you know, they, they, they certainly could have gone further. Um, so I give Dusty a lot of credit, but for me, it's Joe Madden and, and uh, Terry Francona. Yeah, I don't know how you argue otherwise. I mean, all, all three guys in both leagues who were the finalists are all, are, all had great years, but come on. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's no way. A Cubs team that wins 103 games or whatever it was, that's the manager of the year. That's the way these things work, and... In the American League, you know, Francona deserved it in the regular season, certainly. And then you know, what happened in the postseason only, I know that's not eligible for to consider. Right. But right. it only sort of reaffirmed. All right, there we go. All right, so we are done. Enough damage for one day. Uh, so, Michael, thank you. 